the, the picture that we have before us, for those of us who have computers, it's, this is the picture that is intended to create in us the sense of what shalom really means. This is where we started with several weeks ago when we started talking about shalom is this, this idea of that Jesus was going to be the sunrise. He is the one who comes, comes and, and, and when we think of this resurrection morning, we think of the sun rising. That is who Jesus was, and that's a reference to, to Micah, um, uh, excuse me, to um, um, Malachi chapter 6, verse, uh, verse number 4. This idea that Jesus was the sunrise. Malachi chapter 4, excuse me, verse number 2. I'm glad I looked because I was totally butchering that one up. But this verse says, but for you who fear my name, the son of righteousness will rise with healing in its wings. And you will go forth and skip about like calves from the, from the stall. Jesus being the one who is the sunrise who just rises in our hearts. That's what this wonderful day is all about. The resurrection of Jesus was the final touch on the work that he had already accomplished on the cross. The great work he did was to, to, to heal us. He rises with healing in his wings. He is the one who was able to cleanse us, to heal us, to make us whole. It's, he is the one, because of all that, he brings us peace in our lives. If there's a peaceful moment, uh, for most of us, I don't know of many who would disagree with this, but being at this pe- beach, seeing the sun rise on a calm, peaceful morning with the ro- waters just lapping on the beach not too far away, it is that is peace. That is a moment of wholeness, a moment that where you can relax and just feel like all is right in the world. This is what Jesus wanted to bring to us. This is what Jesus offers to us is is that sunrise so we're going to talk about shalom today and and this is what he really accomplished for us on that on that cross uh and so i just i just pray that we can keep that in mind today this idea of shalom being that uh sense of peace wholeness within and that it only comes through Christ Jesus. Now, we're going to begin today in Luke chapter 13. Now, last week's lesson was actually in Luke chapter 14, so I'm backing up just a little bit, but this is going to set the stage for where we want to be at the triumphal entry before Jesus goes to the cross. So look at Luke chapter 13, and we're going to look at verses 22 through 30. So I'm I'm building up to that point where Jesus enters Jerusalem because it's when he goes into Jerusalem that he says, you know, I I came to bring peace, but you missed it. You're missing it. It's right in front of you and you can't see it. Now listen to him talking before, this is days before he goes into Jerusalem. But verse 22 of, of Luke 13 says, and he was passing through from one city and village to another, teaching and proceeding on his way to Jerusalem. And someone said to him, Lord, are there just a few who are going to be saved? And he said to them, strive to enter through the narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. 
So I'm going to stop there and you can finish reading those verses. You can even glance at them while I'm talking here. But Jesus is, is making the point. Somebody's, you know, first of all, notice he is on his way to Jerusalem. He is heading to Jerusalem, but he warns, he takes this opportunity to warn people that not many are going to be saved. Who's going to be saved? Lord, are there just a few who are going to be saved? And he said to them, strive to enter through that narrow door. For many, I tell you, will seek to enter and will not be able. This offer of peace that Jesus brings, he's already alluding here to this, the fact that not many people will accept it. Not many people will receive it. And the whole thought of this sermon today is just as we're thinking about Jesus and thinking about him coming, it's make sure that you don't reject the peace that he offers. I want you to have every day in your life where even though you're in the midst of chaos in a city that's filled with um, hate and confusion and chaos, you know, if, if, whether you're in the city or the country, wherever you go, chaos just kind of finds its way to us. And if you ever have trouble finding chaos, just watch the news and you'll be reminded that you live in a fallen world. And so even in the midst of all the chaos, I want you to have this hope of what Jesus offers, this hope of peace, that even in the midst of the storm, he is your peace. He gives you wholeness and completeness. He is the one that, man, when you're just about to lose everything and you feel like you're just to great despair, that there is nothing worth living for, you think on him. You think about him going to that cross that's 2,000 years ago, and you think, he's all I need. I find my peace in him. There aren't many people who can do that. And that's the warning. And that is the offer, though, is that even though it's the offer is there, Jesus is offering peace. He's offering salvation. He's offering wholeness and wellness in your life, healing from your sins. Not many will receive it. Don't be like the rest of the world and give up the peace that Jesus offers to you in your life. We're skipping down now to Luke chapter 13, verse 31. I'll read to the end of this passage, verse 35. And listen carefully, because when we get to, when we jump ahead a few chapters a few days later in the time events of it, you're going to see a great connection here. Verse 31. Just at that time, some Pharisees approach, saying to him, Go away, leave here. For Herod wants to kill you. And he said to them, Go and tell that fox, Behold, I cast out demons and perform cures today and tomorrow, and the third day I reach my goal. Nevertheless, I must journey on today and tomorrow and the next day, for it cannot be that a prophet would perish outside of Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem, the city that kills the prophets and stones those sent to her. How often I wanted to gather your children together, 
just as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you would not have it. Behold, your house is left to you desolate, and I say to you, you will not see me until the time comes when you say, Blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord. Now, there's a lot in this verse, and probably a whole class or a whole series of classes could be devoted to this, because there's a lot in here in these verses. They're really not as simple to understand as they um, they seem to be at the beginning. But the things that are simple to understand, number one, is that Jesus has something to do. We already noted from verse 22, he's on his way to Jerusalem. And here he says it again, even though people say, don't go to Jerusalem, we're going to kill you there. Jesus says, no, I'm going to go to Jerusalem. I am going to go there. I'm, I'm going to perform, uh, cast out demons, perform cures today and tomorrow. And the third day I reach my goal. Now that may mean that in three days, he's going to be at Jerusalem. That's his goal is to get to Jerusalem. Or it may be just that he's saying in a little while, very short time, I'm on my way to Jerusalem. I will get there. And when I get there, I'm going to reach my goal or I'm going to to uh, work what I came to work. I'm going to complete my work, which makes you think of his work on the cross. So I'm not sure if he's saying just my goal is to get to Jerusalem. If that's all he was saying, then that's true. He's already building up to, we know why he wants to get to Jerusalem. He knows what he's going to do. He knows what he needs to accomplish. He knows the work that is at hand for him. Jesus was just a short time from reaching Jerusalem, and he planned to go there and to die for the ones who murdered him. He goes to plan, he plans to go there and die for those of us who have rebelled against him. And he has, and then he talks about, oh, Jerusalem, oh, Jerusalem, how I wanted to gather you in. Now, verse 34 is so beautiful. And we had a sermon on that just not real awful long ago. I wanted to gather your children together as a hen gathers her brood under her wings, and you would not have it. Can you think of another picture? Of course, I got the sunrise, and we've talked about that. That's a picture of shalom. But when Jesus says, I wanted to take you in under my wings, I wanted to protect you there, just like a hen gathers her chicks. There's no more wonderful picture, a beautiful picture of Jesus wanting to bring shalom, wanting to bring peace and protection, help and healing to the lives of those that he loves. Jerusalem is his city. You know, and you think about Jerusalem, it's the city of peace. That's what Jerusalem means, the city of peace and, or house of peace. I don't remember what Jeru means, but that Salem at the end is peace. He wants to bring, that's his city. He wants to have that city filled with peace. That's where he wants to dwell and belong with those people, but they wouldn't have it. They reject him. He wants to bring peace, but yet it's rejected. So get that picture in your mind. That's the, that's the clash of what is being presented here. The irony is Jesus says, hey, I come to bring peace, and yet you kill me. That's, that's the irony here. That's, that's the irony of really all of our lives. We, 
We seek peace. We want Jesus, but then we reject him. He tells us to come follow him. And we say, I want to, yeah, I'll come follow you. And then we do other things. That was last week's lesson. We get involved in other junk. So seek peace. If you want peace, you've got to seek Jesus. We cannot reject him. But Jesus is already forecasting his death here. He's saying, I've got to go to Jerusalem and I've got to die. Of course, that's his plan and it must take place. So now skip to chapter 19. Flip a couple pages. Luke 19, verse number 28. Now here it says, again, uh, related very much to what we just read. Verse 28 says, And after he said these things, he was going on ahead, going up to Jerusalem. And if you go back and flip the page, flip and look through the pages we just looked through, there were healings, there were cleansings, there were, I believe there was a demon that was cast out, just like Jesus said he had to do before he got to Jerusalem. He did those things. And so he's heading into Jerusalem. Um, in verse 29, he tells some people, to, some of his apostles to go get uh, this uh, colt that has never been written, ridden on before, and he's going to ride it in. And as they ride, he rides it in, and this is the Palm Sunday. This is the idea that last week would have been the anniversary of this event. So in verse 36, it says, as he was going, they were spreading their coats on the road. As soon as he was approaching near the descent of the Mount of Olives, he, the whole crowd of the disciples began to praise joyfully with a loud voice for all the miracles which they had seen, shouting, Blessed is the King who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Some of the Pharisees in the crowd said to him, Teacher, rebuke your disciples. But Jesus answered, I tell you, if these become silent, the stones will cry out. Here's Jesus on his way in. And what's really interesting about this is that you have this contrast. You have, you have all the, 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 the common folk, the people who have been witnessing these miracles, and they are, they are worshiping him as the blessed king. They are honoring him, saying, this is the Messiah. Blessed is the king who comes in the name of the Lord. Peace in heaven and glory in the highest. This is it. Here is the one. But contrast that with the Pharisees who say, tell them to shut up. They're wrong. And the other contrast is perhaps that some of these people in the crowd that are saying, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, that just a few days later, they're going to be saying, crucify him, crucify him. So again, it's this, it's this picture of contrast. Though Jesus offering peace and people rejecting it. Some people seeming like they're ready to receive it, but most of them then are going to end up rejecting the peace that he offers. So the Prince of Peace arrived in Jerusalem, that king, and they're shouting out, peace in heaven and glory in the highest. Makes me uh, want to pause here, and we'll go back to Isaiah chapter 9. I've used the language of the Prince of Peace, and this is a passage we haven't turned to a lot since we've been talking about peace or shalom. But in Isaiah chapter 9, verses 
verses 6 and 7, two long verses. It says, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders, and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. There will be no end to the increase of his government or of peace. On the throne of David and over his kingdom, to establish it and to uphold it with justice and righteousness and from there on and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Jesus was about to accomplish this. You know, you think back to that uh, passage in, in Luke 13 where it said, I will reach my goal or that it'll be completed, my wor- I will complete my work. It, it harkens maybe back to this verse, the end of verse number seven here. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Jesus is saying his, by his zeal, by his love, he is going to accomplish what he set out to do. And he is the prince of peace. And his, as he brings in this new kingdom, that it is going to be a kingdom that is always expanding and ever increasing with peace. The shalom is to keep on growing and expanding. Jesus truly is the Prince of Peace. And how is he going to accomplish all this? Well, we know the end of the story, right? We know how he accomplishes this. How is he going to do it? It's through his death on that cross. But first, let's go back to Luke 19. Let us, uh, let us complete the reading there. And uh, just to consider what Jesus came to do for us. Verse 41, it says, When he approached Jerusalem, he saw the city. Remember back in chapter 13, he was thinking about Jerusalem. I'm on my way to Jerusalem. Oh, Jerusalem, Jerusalem. You kill the prophets and stone those who are sent to you. But, you know, in here now he's, he's getting close. He actually sees the city and he weeps saying, if you had known in this day, even you, the things that make, which make for peace, but now they have been hidden from your eyes. You know, here he was, he was right there in front of him. Jesus, the, the Prince of Peace, the, the author of peace, the one who, it, he, he takes the stripes that we deserve so that we can be healed. You know, all, these, all this language is, is wrapped up in that term shalom. We have messed up lives. He wants to put us back together. We have chaos in our lives, and he wants to make us We are broken people because of our sins. And he says, all right, I can fix you. And that's what he wanted for Jerusalem. But they did not see it. He looks at that whole city as just a picture of all the people of Israel. And they just like through all the Old Testament, their up and down relationship with God, they are just prone 
to reject God. They are prone to reject the Messiah. We are people like that. And it just seems like it is so easy for us to not fix our eyes on what is right in front of us. Even those people who are crying out, Hosanna, Hosanna, blessed is he who comes in the name of the Lord, the King. You know, he goes to the cross and what do they do? They're like, oops, guess that wasn't him. And they go home. They didn't see what was right in front of him. Right in front of them. They couldn't see it. They missed Jesus. You know, and you think about that's, you know, I acknowledge at the beginning of our worship, it's so exciting to think about how many people are um, going to worship services today, going to churches today, because this is the day that Jesus rose from the dead. And it's one of those holidays that you have to honor. You got to do this one and you got to do Christmas. And it's, it's, I admit it's kind of neat and it's kind of exciting that the name of Jesus is being upheld, but yet it's, uh, it's so, so sad that people miss that Jesus wants to give you peace every single day of your life. People, he, he wants you to have shalom, a completeness and wholeness in your complete and whole life. It's not that you have to get one day right out of 365 and do the right thing. He wants to live in you. He wants to be your life. He wants to give you wholeness, completeness, shalom. Most people are not willing to pay the price to give up the junk in the world in order to receive that kind of shalom. They aren't willing to give up the things of the world so that they can have Jesus. If you haven't listened to last week's sermon, you need to get on the online and listen to it at the, the church's website and listen and hear that he requires for us to take up our cross, to deny ourselves. He requires of us to not look at our stuff as our stuff, but to look at it as his stuff and to do something good with it to the glory of his name. There are so few of us who are willing to do that. We're not willing to pay the price. And Jesus is saying, I'm right here. Just look at me and follow me and do what I ask you to do. And since they reject their king, there is nothing but destruction waits. Verse 43 and 44. For the days will come, and and you know Jesus is weeping as he says these words. For the days will come upon you when your enemies will throw up a barricade against you and surround you and hem you in on every side. And they will level you to the ground and your children within you, and they will not leave in you one stone upon another because you did not recognize the time of your visitation. So here was the time for them. This was their time that they had to receive Jesus. That was the, as he says, it calls it the time of your visitation. I came to you and you didn't see me. You didn't recognize me. You didn't accept me. And so there's going to day come that will every, all of this will be destroyed. And that happened in AD 70, just a fact of history. Since Jerusalem rejected their king, the Prince of Peace, the city, instead of being, 
made whole and complete was wiped out. And so that's my happy message on uh, this Resurrection Sunday. <laughs> is that you got a choice. You know, it is wonderful that Jesus rose from the dead. He, but it, but he, he paid for your sins when he was on that cross. And then, so he conquered sin and then he conquered death. I mean, and he, he, he did it all. He, there's nothing that's lacking in the message of Jesus Christ. There's nothing that's, that's, that's missing. And he just, he just begs and pleads with everybody to, to come to him. If you want shalom, if you want wholeness and completeness in your life, just come to the Prince of Peace. Come to the one who wants to be the king of your life and do everything like he says to do. Just follow him in love and joy and peace, putting aside the things of the world. Do that. If you want the, a blessed, happy life, then it can only be found in Jesus. Jesus died on that cross to save us from our sins. And by his death, we receive peace. Jerusalem reminds us that most people reject Jesus and that most people reject peace. I'm begging and pleading with you today is to not be like most people. As you think about the hope that is, that is filled with today, that defines today, the hope of resurrection, it is found only in Jesus and by your devotion to him, you can receive that peace in your life. Don't reject the Prince of Peace. Don't assign him just to a day or to an hour. Assign him to your life to live in him and let him live in you all week long. 24-7, 365 days out of the year, having Jesus in your life. Always a choice, but most miss it. Do not reject him. You never know when the day will come that it's your time to stand before him. Don't miss the day of your visitation. Today is the day that Jesus visits. He visits here in our midst now, and he says, come to me. If you need to accept him, you not you haven't taken Christ into your life. Today is the day to accept him. Call my cell phone number, whether you're listening right now or whether you're listening later. 859-801-2585. Call me, and we will tell you how to get into Jesus, how to be baptized into Christ, and what's required before you do that. Don't reject him. If there's anybody in the church who needs the prayers of the church, you want to live more holy and completely for Christ, you feel like you've been missing something in your life, and you know it's just that you haven't been living for Jesus like you should. Get a hold of us. We'll pray for you. Call anybody in the church. Find a prayer buddy. Find somebody to hold you accountable. But seek Jesus. Don't reject him. If you need to respond, do so today. This wonderful day is a day of hope and a day of resurrection. Get a new life in Jesus. Respond. Make a decision to do that as we sing this song.